and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz Blazers tonight. Don't forget, tip-off coming your way at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. And, of course, you can hear it all here on the Zone Sports Network and watch it on AT&T Sportsnet. Joining us now, the color analyst for the television broadcast. You see him alongside our guy, Bowler. He is Matt Harpering with us here on The Big Show. What's up, Matt? What's going on, guys? How are you doing today? We're great. Uh, let's talk about how this Good. how this Jazz team uh, is doing physically, Matt. Coming off a game like last night where they really poured all the effort out there, and we can get into the details of last night's game, but how hard is it to turn it around and play the next night after an effort like that? I, I think it will be hard because a lot of guys played a lot of minutes. Uh, you look at Donovan played 41 minutes, Gobert 37, so bogey 40, and then you put in a late game at that and travel – uh, so it's going to be a little bit more difficult than a regular game for sure. Um, however, you know, when you lose as a player, the first thing you want to do is get back on the court. And, you know, you, they're competitive players, and I'm sure they're looking forward to tonight's game to getting back in the win column. So, Matt, the first thing that hits you over the head as you're watching that game last night is the Jazz's difficulty in hitting their their shots from beyond the arc, 11 for 44. Um I thought that was interesting what Quinn Snyder said afterward, that it wasn't just the misses, it was the stuff that was happening leading up to the misses, uh, a lack of spacing, et cetera. Could you explain that a little bit uh, with your expertise? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I I saw a little bit different of the game when I, when I was calling the game last night. You know, there was times when certainly Phoenix's defense dictated the shot for the offense for the Jazz. That, that certainly happened. Uh, they took away the first offensive uh, set, and then you had to go to your second and third options. Um, with that, I mean, they were top blocking the wings and then forced them to the baseline, so they took away the dribble handoffs. Uh, they were doing a few things to disrupt the Jazz. They were putting length on Donovan and Conley uh, when they could. Um, there was times when they switched when they could. However, if you look at the shots, and this is where, you know, I give, I give Phoenix a lot of credit for their defense, but a lot of the Jazz shots were open. I, they just missed shots. And, you know, whether it was the initial, you know, first shot that was guarded, the Jazz found a way to get the ball rotated to an open shot, whether it was a corner three or was an open three, and they just weren't hitting them. And, you know, that, that happens. It's happened now two games in a row. But you got to look at the overall stats and say, okay, the Jazz shot 25% last night. They made 11 uh, threes out of 44. A couple nights ago they made 12 in Dallas. You know, they are the number one, you know, shooting team in the NBA. They make the most, and we have a good sample size here, too. So it's not like, you know, you don't have a lot of games. I mean, you have a good sample size to say this team's a good shooting team. So there's two games now where they haven't shot the ball really well. But you got to go back to the law of averages. And, you know, when you see a team that shoots, you know, fourth best in the league at 39%, and they also take the most and they attempt the most and make the most, you know, I don't know how much of a big deal we want to make it and overreact right now about it. 
So, Matt, I won't bore you with it, but uh, Gordon and I went down a, a weird rabbit, not weird necessarily, but a rabbit hole having to do with confidence and being willing to take the shot. It's not just about making it, but being willing to take it in the big moment when your team needs it the most. I, I'm curious, how many players in the NBA do you think really want that moment where the game's on the line, they get the ball, they're open, and they want to shoot it, as opposed to maybe would yeah. be more likely to defer? Yeah, that's a very true statement you guys are, are talking or if you have been discussing because you know a three-point shot when you're up 10 is a lot different than a three-point shot you know when you're tied in the last two minutes of a game or you're behind uh that's for sure and then if you miss a couple shots during a game the the mental side is hard and that's why pro sports is it's just not the athletic side in what you can do physically there's a lot of mental side of this and um you know that's something that the jazz are going to have to figure out because yes, there's going to be shots. They're going to be game this year for sure, but they're going to have to win it by making a big shot or there's big possessions. I think this game helps. I think having games like this and not blowing out everyone is then will end up helping the jazz get more comfortable in situations like, like this. Um, I think the jazz are one of the fewest. Uh, they have one of the teams that has the most, the fewest amount of clutch minutes uh, in the NBA this year, just because they've been beating some, everyone so bad. And that's great and all, but I think the other side of that is kind of what you mentioned is you got to get used to having these big moments. Uh, Donovan comes up really big in big moments, and, and he's proven. Um, it'll be nice to see everyone else come through. And, you know, there's big discussions today on, on passing up shots and maybe hesitating at, at times. And, you know, those are just – that's why you play the regular season. That's why you play these games. And you have overtime games. So when the playoffs hit, you're ready to roll. So, Matt, another area where the Jazz uh, were outperformed last night was uh, on the boards, out-rebounded yeah. by 16 overall and 9 on the offensive glass. So here, here's the dilemma for the Jazz, and what would you do? They, 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 you know, they want to get offensive boards if they can, but yeah. they also want to protect against uh, early offense the other way. So how do you make that decision? What would you do? Well, see, this is another tough one because if you just go league-wide stats, the Jazz have been number one rebounding team in the league, right? So they do rebound the ball, and that's the fact. Uh, if you look at offensive rebounds, they're number five. If you look at defensive rebounds, they're number two. I mean, this is not something that happens every night to them. So they have one night that they got out-rebounded in a bad way. Um, do you overreact? I, I don't think so. I think the Phoenix Suns did a good job of getting Gobert late in the switch and then bringing him out. And then when he's out, um, you know, obviously the guards have got to rebound. And the, what we all know is the Jazz are small and in a lot of positions. So if you bring Gobert away from the rim or Favors away from the rim, you know, Conley's got to rebound, Bogdanovich has got to rebound, you know, Mitchell, O'Neal. And if you look back at last night's game, you know, some of these guys didn't rebound. Bogdanovich playing 40 minutes to get one rebound, that is not acceptable. Uh, you can't play the four spot and get one rebound. He's got to be better. O'Neal, he's usually a pretty good rebounder. He had four rebounds in his 32 minutes. You know, Gobert was a monster. He had the 18 boards. Uh, but Conley, you know, one rebound in, in his minutes. Ingles, one rebound in his minutes. That can't happen. So there's got to be more of an emphasis when you play teams like that to say, hey, Gobert might have to go out and guard Chris Ball or some of these guards and take him away. When that happens, we got to get our butts down low and start boxing out. Matt, this is a question probably with an impossible answer, but how do you game plan for a player like Damian Lillard who can pull up and shoot it from anywhere on the floor? Yeah, so pickup points will be 
important. So when he crosses half court, you got to be up engaged so he just doesn't get a full look over the defense. And as he's coming off the pick and roll, I mean, he's got to see bodies. And you can't be way off. And this is going to be tough for Gobert tonight because they're going to put Gobert in the pick and roll. You know we will. And, and if Gobert's back in the paint, Damian Lillard is going to come off and he's going to shoot that thing. I mean, there's not a doubt about it. And that's what he's been doing all year long. And if you let Dame get off, I mean, he shoots over, he shoots about 11 threes a game already with a high percentage. And so, you know, whether they come out and they go over under or how they're going to guard, they push the pick and roll to the side. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can throw at Damian. But, I, you know, ultimately, um, you're going to get him in the pick and roll and see how the Jazz are going to get him to defend. But I will think that Gobert's going to have to be up at the line of the screen tonight. Um, but it's just not Lillard. I mean, there's McCollum that shoots great from three, and now Norman Powell. Uh, they got some weapons, too. So, to me, the defense was not the problem last night. I, I thought the defense was great in the half court. Um, there was a few too many transition. But once it was in the half court, the defense was good. If the Jazz can have that same effort defensively tonight, they're going to be fine. Matt, I remember having conversations with you when you were a player, and you were kind of a no BS guy as far as rah-rah stuff and all that. You just wanted the truth, and you played it that way. But from a leadership standpoint, Donovan Mitchell seems to be emerging in that role, and I know everyone's doing everything from long distance this year, so I don't know whether you have private conversations with any of the players in any way, shape, or form, but what do you make of his leadership? I think – He's 24 years old. He's only in his fourth year. And I think it's unfair to put too much on him right now. I think of what he's doing right now is far beyond his years. You know, I, I think what he's doing is, is past a four-year player. Uh, his leadership is good. His maturity is unbelievable. The things that I read about him, the things that I see him doing, both on and off the court, are things that players play 12 years and they never get to. Uh, he's already accomplishing things that, um, you know, guys that are in the top 20 would say, wow, I mean, this is hard to do. Uh, so there's a base there that there's a foundation that he's got. I think he can still get better at it. I think, you know, the leadership just doesn't end. There's no ceiling to it. Uh, you get better at it. I think we saw one last night in Chris Paul, how he's unbelievable. I mean, he really makes everyone else on the court better, right? I mean, every team that he goes to, you can take it or leave it. But when he leaves that team, they get worse. And he's making a lot of players on Phoenix better. I think Donovan, that's his next goal. I mean, I, he definitely does that at times. Um, but if he can make everyone else better, uh, that, that's his next level. And that's hard to do because right now, if you just look at last night, I, there wasn't a lot of assists last night. And it just shows that when Donovan needs to go one-on-one -on -one and he can create, there's not a lot of players that can stay in front of him. But there's also something to get your guys going. And, you know, I had the privilege of playing with a guy named John Stockton, and he was he was the best I've ever seen at that. Uh, he would say, hey, you haven't had a bucket in a while. I need to get you going because in the fourth quarter, we need you. So he will he will go and do something to get a guy a bucket. Um, Carl Malone, same type of thing. But, but those guys were in it for 15, 20 years in the NBA uh, for a long time. And we're expecting Donovan to be that way in year four. I don't think that's fair. Matt, back to the Blazers for a second. How much better does Norman Powell make them? They acquired him at the trade deadline. Yeah, put them back. Uh, to me, it, it certainly puts them in the middle of the West. Um, you know, he's a, he's a player, and he fits perfectly with this team. They kind of have a, a three-headed uh, monster now. It's not just two, um, depending on whether Nurkic plays tonight. But um, it, it's he's a scorer. And so you can't heavily just load up on, on Dame – 
because uh, you can't forget about Powell, who shoots the ball really well, um, and he also is good in isolation. So they have legit three players that can get you 20 on every given night. So it's they're loaded. And so, you know, the Jazz got to be ready. And, and, you know, it's the – again, it's, it's the second third options that, that happen at times that uh, you got you to finish possessions. And a lot of that time is, you know, rebounding the basketball, and then the rebounding is going to be big tonight. I want to circle back around to what you said earlier, Matt, when Jake asked you about the whole confidence thing. If you were going to have a talk with some of the players on the Jazz who are struggling a little bit right now with their shot, what what would you tell them? What would be your advice? You know, it, it's so hard. You know, I remember having to deal with this as a player because it, it – it, Confidence is so fragile, and you think of these guys as like, oh, they're macho, they're in the NBA, they're pro athletes, and it's it is a fragile thing, and so it's delicate in how you how you got to bring it up. Sometimes, you know, when people are, you've heard this for a while, when people are struggling at the free throw line, you just oh, don't talk about it, you know. Um, and it, I think everyone is different. There's not one answer when it comes. Some people need just more reps. They need to get in the gym and they just need to shoot it out at midnight for two hours and then get their get their feel back. Uh, some people need, uh, you know, a coach to talk to them and say, hey, you know, you're great and, and, and kind of lift them up that way. Um, I was kind of a guy that, you know, when I came out and missed the first couple shots, I was like, you know what, I need to get something easy. I'm going to go harder for an offensive board here. I need to see it go in. And I'm going to go attack like, I, you know, my head's on fire and I'm going to try to get something, you know, whether a tip out, a steal, some deflection to get me in transition, get me in a rhythm, um, in a rhythm shot. And so, you know, it's tough when if your first three shots are going to be, you know, the three-point shots, and if you're struggling, you know, like I'm just going to throw out Royce O'Neal right now, it, it's tough because I think he's won for his last uh, 19 maybe. Um, so, obviously, he wants to see the ball go in, and I, I'm sure that he's beating himself up a little mentally. But it also goes the other way. Once that first one goes in again, that confidence goes sky high again. You're like, all right, I'm back. I'm hot. Is there a player, uh, Matt, that you played with or against that had unshakable confidence? Like, they could miss 10 in a row, but number 11 was going up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I played with a lot, actually. Uh, but Allen Iverson uh, <laughs> yeah. was, yeah. you know, he, the guy, it didn't matter if he was 3 of 20. I mean, the next one's going in. Um, you know, that, it's the, that's a hard mentality to get. Kobe Bryant had that mentality. You know, when you guarded him, it didn't matter if he missed the shot. I mean, and that's that's the greatness on a level that not a, not a lot of players can get to. Um, and that's something you can't practice and you can't teach. I think it's kind of you're born with of a, of a, of a mentality that, you know, I think Jordan Clarkson has a little bit of that, like, right? I mean, he goes and he shoots, and whether it's um, – missing shots or not. I mean, he, he certainly thinks that next one's going in. I, and to have a long career, you you, you got to have a little bit of that in you. Uh, Bogdanovich, same thing. He's got to have that where the next one's going in because he's a great shooter. There's not a doubt in my mind when I watch him shoot. The form's there. It's pure. There's nothing mechanically wrong with it. Um, he's just got to have confidence in himself. And he's shooting the ball well. Last five games, he's shooting the ball much better. It helps when you have teammates and coaches around you, right, Matt, who encourage you to keep at it. Because let me see if I remember this correctly. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I'm recalling these things you told me when you were a player. And, <laughs> if I, and tell me if I'm misremembering this, but I think you might have been in Philly. I'm not sure where you were, but you took a shot from a and the coach was yelling for you not to take the shot. Yes. And, yes. and how, how much. 
Yeah, Larry Brown. And how much that bothered you. And I thought, yes. I think to myself, you've got to have encouragement because even though yes. you're a confident person yourself, you need that from the guys around you. Yeah, you know, this is it's tough because different coaches are a different way. And I played for a lot of great coaches. I and I, I played for some that were great and that, you know, I didn't care for at times. Um, and you just got to deal with personalities. And you're right, that story goes, we actually was in the playoffs against Boston Celtics at, at the Celtics. And, you know, I've been a starter all year and I'm playing a lot of minutes and playing well. When we're in game one or game two of the first round of the playoffs and I go down and I'm about to shoot a three from the corner – and Larry Brown comes running down and says, oh, don't shoot that. Oh, that is the turnover. I mean, I haven't even released it yet. And, he's saying that. and so as a player, you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, how am I going to make this? Um, and he just had the set ways. I mean, there was there's systems, and especially back then. I mean, there were systems on who was supposed to get the ball on any given play, and you were, you know, what option you were on that play. And so, um, you know, we were very aware of who the number one option is and who – you know, at, at that team for certainly let play a certain way, and the other guys weren't allowed to play that way. So the game's different now. Uh, coaches are different. Quinn Snyder doesn't coach that way. I've seen that in him. He gives confidence to all, all of his players, and that's something that uh, I think you're seeing this year because, you know, the team does shoot really well. This is uh, probably a, a question you get a lot, but what was Allen Iverson like? What's he like as a guy? Uh, he's real. He, he's as real as it comes, and he, there's not a fake part of, about him, um, whether it's political, whether it's in front of cameras, or whether it's you know in the locker room. Um, he's a guy that when I played, I really enjoyed as a teammate. He fought, and he got to the ground. I mean, he hit to the ground every single night. He bounced back up, and he played through pain. Um, there was just nothing that would stop his drive. And I loved how competitive that guy was. And when we went to war and that's the way he faced it. And when we, we went together as a team before a game, I mean, he, he would be our leader and he'd be the guy talking in the huddle and it would, it would be like, Hey, we're about to go in war. I love you guys. Let's, let's get this done. And, and he would, I mean, he'd, he'd have your back uh, without a doubt uh, as a player. Is it frustrating to play with a guy like that sometimes for me? Yeah. At times, cause you only get at certain games, you might get six shots. Um, that's just, how you got to deal. And so you got to find a way to, to help the team win. Um, but I, I, I love the guy. I mean, he was tremendous. That's one of the reasons when people make fun of him for that practice thing, that was so ironic about that is that he gave, I remember talking to people in Philadelphia about the effort he gave night after night after night. And he gave that small frame. He gave everything he had. And so for him to be tagged with that whole thing, he didn't want to practice kind of unfair. Very unfair. Uh, got taken out of context. Um, and, you know, he has, the biggest heart that you would want in an athlete is, is that guy. You mentioned he's six feet tall, you know, buck, what, 50, buck 55, whatever he was. And, you know, that's back in the NBA when they were hammering people and, and putting their hands on him. Um, but he was just tough, man. He was tough as nails. I read a thing about him that he didn't like to travel with luggage, so he just bought new clothes wherever he went. <laughs> Uh, there's a little bit of that. I mean, there's a lot of rumors with him that are true and false. Um, but overall, I mean, he, he's going to go down and is going down as one of the greats of all time. Yeah. One last question I wanted to run by, Matt, yeah. is you said how much you liked Allen Iverson. What did you do in the cases when you didn't like a teammate or a group of teammates? What, how, I know you're professional and you go about your business, but is that hard to handle? You know, there, there's there's only a few. Um and, and 
you, I guess as a player, when you grow up in sports, and I grew up in different sports, you know, playing three different sports in high school and then through college, it, you kind of get used to just being on a team. And no team is perfect. And so you kind of just learn to deal a little bit with maybe there's a guy over here that your personality doesn't mesh as well with this personality. But it's rare that once you get on the court, you don't have the common goal um, because coaches can see that too. And so they need a chemistry where everyone's fighting for the same goal. You're everyone's on the same game plan. You're running the coaches, you know, scouting report. And so, um, you know, maybe off the court, maybe you don't hang out. Maybe that's the case. But once you get on the court, I mean, it's very rare to where a, a teammate like won't pass a ball or you're so disgusted in the other teammate, like you just won't get the ball. Like, I don't know if that happens as much. Um, so, you know, you learn to deal, you learn that every situation is not great. Um, and the grass isn't greener on the other side. So, you know, a lot of times I think there's players that say, oh, if I just traded to this team, it, it would be better. It might, but in my experience, a lot of times it's not. Um, so you work. You work to make the situation good. Matt, thank you very much for jumping on with us today. We appreciate it, and let's hope for a good one tonight. All right, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Matt. Matt Harpering. Of course, a longtime jazz man and current color analyst on uh, AT&T Sportsnet alongside our, our guy, Bowler. So thanks to Matt uh, for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Of course, your Jazz Insider Report brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. All right, we'll have more big show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.